Right, ladies and gents, weak body part tips. There's many different tips that I can give you for weak body parts, but I want to kind of split down into six really important ones. But as I already mentioned, let me know below the kind of um, the kind of the muscles that you struggle with, and I'll try and give you after my six tips some specific tips for those. Uh, those weak body parts. So number one, and the most important one when it comes to weak body part tips, pre-stretching and mobility. A tight muscle is a tight muscle. And one of the things I'm going to talk about number two is taking the muscle through a full range of movement. Now, a lot of people struggle with building their calves, but also a lot of people have tight calves. A lot of people struggle building their legs but they also have very tight adductors, very tight hamstrings, and all of these things they don't focus on loosening off so they can increase that range of movement. So the most important thing, if you are struggling with a particular muscle group, is to make sure that you are properly stretching the muscle out. And, and basically, proper, you know, properly having a stretching and mobility routine with your training. One of the most important things for calf development is to make sure that your ankle mobility is nice and good, make sure your soleus is nice and stretched off, and, and make sure that your calves are nice and stretched off too. Also, your shins, because anywhere around that movement that's gonna affect that range of movement with the calf is not gonna be able to take that full range of movement through the muscle and for it to obviously get uh, a lot bigger and better and maximize the efficiency of the exercise that you're doing. So number one and the most important one, think about what weak body parts um, that you have and think about do you actually stretch them properly? Do you stretch your back out properly? Do you stretch your calves out properly? Do you stretch your legs out properly? Because that's going to really change the game if you focus on prioritizing that just as much as your workout. Something that I say before is a tightly strong bow is easily snapped. And whenever you snap your shit up in the gym, a lot of it is because you're not spending any time mobilizing and stretching it off. And when you look at mobility and stretching as something that is actually going to help improve your muscle building, improve your gym workouts, then you can start looking at it very differently and you're going to be less injured, which not only is it going to take it through a better range of movement with your muscle, you're going to spend more time in the gym being less injured. So... Stretching and mobility, the most important thing which I want you to focus in 2020, especially when it comes to improving a weak body part. Number two, and we've already touched on this, taking muscles through the full range of movement. Every single muscle, and this is a really important thing. If you're not a personal trainer, you might want to go on to Google and look at an anatomy chart, look at a muscle chart, because every single muscle has an origin and an insertion. And... If you are wanting to build a muscle, strengthen a muscle, you need to take it through the full range of movement. So knowing where those origins and insurgents are, knowing how to correctly take a muscle through the full range of movement and the different movements that it can do can be a huge game changer. And I, I, I've taught a lot of this in the past, especially when it comes to bicep training. A lot of people when it comes to bicep training, they focus on this concentric, eccentric, but they don't focus on isometric and then they don't think as well about that supination because you not only can get a contraction in the bicep doing that, you can also get a, contra um, a contraction in the bicep doing that. So it, it pays to focus on looking at different ranges of movement when it comes to building that muscle too. But also taking the muscles through a full range of movement. The reason that people don't build their calves is because they bounce their weights. 
They don't stretch at the bottom, they don't squeeze at the bottom, they just go boing, 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 and they don't train their calves, they bounce their Achilles. When it comes to back training, people don't do pull-ups properly. They use more of their biceps and arms to pull themselves up rather than scapular track, uh, retract and use their back. Um, exactly the same with any kind of pulling or row movements. A lot of people are very arm dominant and spend a lot of time pulling with their arms instead of pulling with their back. And they wonder why their backs don't grow. When it comes to legs, the reason that a lot of people can't build their legs is because when they jump on the leg press, they do half reps. They don't take the legs through the full range of movement all the way down and all the way up. When it comes to squats, people don't squat deep enough. People don't squat properly or people don't put enough weight on their back because they're not confident enough to come all the way down and all the way back up. And a lot of that comes with learning technique, building up your confidence with exercises in the gym. Because if you get better at the basics, you're going to build good quality muscle and make some good quality progressions. So if you are struggling with a certain muscle group, have a look at your form and ask yourself, are you taking the muscle through the full range of movement? Full concentric, full eccentric. So eccentric, concentric, concentric, concentrate, eccentric stretch okay taking it through that full range and then as i said go on to google start looking at origins and insertions if it's something that you know you're really passionate about with when it comes to weight training delve a little bit deeper when it comes to building muscle when it comes to muscles and how they work and there's some amazing videos online which you can um, have a look at to be educated on there's a there's actually a really good app as well um, you probably can't see this, but it's called Muscle and Motion Strength Training, okay? So the app's called Muscle and Motion Strength Training. For those of you who are watching this video, um, I'm just showing you now. Um, you probably, yeah, you, you can see this. So we've got abs and core, body weight and calisthenics, functional training, kettlebell. Let's just have a look at sort of chest, okay? So just checking, you can see that, yeah. Okay, so we've moved on to chest on here. And it gives you lots of diagrams so you can see what's happening when you do these movements. So here's a, you know, here's a fantastic example of this. So that is obviously a front lever. Um, this is a push-up. And what it can show you is what's happening to those muscles when they're being moved. So this muscle movement, you will learn a hell of a lot. Anyway, so that app is called um, Muscle, is it Muscle and Movement? Yeah, Muscle and Motion Strength Training. It's a free app. I think you can pay for it, but they've got lots of video tutorials on there so you can learn about those anatomies and how those kind of um, origins and insertions and muscles work. Uh, number three, focus on it when it's your strongest. And what I mean by that is if you, for example, have lagging body parts, do those exercises first. If you want to build your triceps, it might be a good idea to start with some compound tricep exercises. If you want to build your legs, focus on working on your legs more or focus on adding additional sets and frequency to other body parts. If you're doing push and you want to build your legs, do push and squats, do pull and squats, adding those frequencies in as well as volume, but also so many people, if you know, they want to build their arms, but they're going to do chest first. And it's like, well, if you want to build your arms, do arms first. Be at your freshest and strongest, because when you're at your strongest, 
which is when you're fresh most of the time, you're able to lift more volume. And over time, if we're increasing that volume and getting stronger and putting more volume through the muscle, we're obviously going to see that it builds. So if you know that there is a muscle group that you want to focus on this year to get better, prioritize it. Put it first on the menu when it comes to your resistance training. And it's so, so important to do. With our training programs, you don't need to do them exercise by exercise. We recommend that you do, but if it's a weak point training, then do some of the other exercises first. For example, if you want to build up your triceps and we've got close grip bench press as kind of the third um, exercise to, for you to do in your workout, then do close grip bench press first or second. Because what I see with a lot of people is sometimes they're stronger once they've had a good warm-up on the first exercise. Um, test and adjust these things, but it's so, so important. So number three, focus on that muscle group when you're at your strongest, which most of the time is at the beginning of the workout. Number four, understand hypertrophy, okay? Hypertrophy falls under four categories. Uh, the ones that I'd want you to have a look at and to focus on is mechanical tension, and progressive overload. The other ones, metabolic stress and muscle damage. A lot of these are more causations of actually uh, resistance training. So progressive overload, sets times reps times um, weight, increasing in volume over time. If you're focused on getting stronger and focused on increasing your weights um, and you're logging everything down on trainer reg, you are gonna see a progression in the volume that you're lifting. When it comes to mechanical tension, it's understanding that different movements create tension on the muscle. When we're doing concentric, as in curling, let's just say I've got a dumbbell, when I'm curling that weight up, I'm creating tension by shortening the muscle. Okay, that's concentric movement. When, one thing that I'm also doing is I'm creating tension when I am eccentrically lowering that weight down. What that's doing is lengthening that muscle. And I'm also gonna be um, working my muscles when I am training them isometrically. And isometric training is basically holding the muscle, holding that weight and the actual muscle isn't stretching or lengthening, it's nice and isometric and, and tight. Now, why is that important to do? What you have to understand is there's different things that you can do to obviously create more mechanical tension. You can increase tempo. You can aim for three seconds down, one second up. Yes, you have to be a bit cautious of that because some people have taken the piss. Um, they've gone like 10 seconds down, one second up, which, yes, okay, you're creating a lot of tension on that eccentric, but another important thing when it comes to muscle building is progressive overload. And I would love to see someone stick 140 kilos on the squats and do 10 second eccentrics. You ain't gonna do any more than two to three reps because you're gonna be absolutely fatigued and that's gonna affect your volume. So hopefully that makes sense, but also, um, also understand is that you're a lot stronger eccentrically than you are concentrically. And what do I mean by that? Well, here's an example. Imagine I gave you a, a barbell, okay, and I put 60 kilos on there, and I asked you to curl it up. Now, you might find that really difficult. Most people would. I'd find it really difficult. But I guaranteed you, if I, if I gave you that 60 kilos at the top of the movement and told you to control it down you could potentially have a better chance of doing it. And that's because eccentrically, the muscle is a lot stronger. Another example, if I put 100 kilos on your back or you know 200 kilos on your back and told you to control that 200 kilos down, chances are a lot of you um, gents and some of you ladies might be able to control that 200 kilos 
eccentrically down. However, the thing that you would struggle with is squatting it back up. So actually, you know, if you, and they've actually had, they've actually used machines like this, and this is where bands come in and other things, where you're able to overload the muscle because you can actually hold that weight down eccentrically, but then the bands come in and you're able to push that back up concentrically. So hopefully that makes sense, but it's just understanding what mechanical tension is and different ways that you can do it. And the reality is, we don't want to overcomplicate this. You know, if muscle building was that complex, and it is complex, but half the people that you see in the gym wouldn't have any muscles if it involved any kind of brain work. Because the reality is, is exercise with proper form, understand how a muscle works, and be consistent. You know, I could end, I could end this video now, um, and you know, that would summarize it. But we're just gonna go into detail and make sure that you've checked all the boxes. So as I said, number four, understand hypertrophy. Two of the biggest ones, progressive overload, increasing the weight and the volume into the, that you put into the muscle over time, and mechanical tension, understanding different loading patterns, changing tempos, and how the muscle works when it comes to taking it full through the range of movement. Don't worry too much about muscle damage and metabolic stress. If you wanna read about that, it's always very, very interesting, but it's a natural part of what you're doing when you're in the gym, tearing and repairing the muscles, et cetera, et cetera. And something I like to do is just not overcomplicate this because it can get very, very, very complicated when we start talking about um, metabolic stress and muscle damage and we can go down a massive rabbit hole there. Number five, and this is um, quite an important one. A lot of people have heard about mind-muscle connection and I've seen that a lot of people they really struggle with getting a good connection with the muscle, which is why they don't see it grow because they're not getting that really good contraction in the muscle. Um, and something that I've found that really benefits that is learn to isolate. Um, some of the things that I like to do are kind of one dumbbell shoulder presses, one dumbbell chest presses, and of course a lot of um, dumbbell work is isolated. So things like um, some, of, some of the ones that I absolutely love to do is like one-legged calf raises, uh, of course, dumbbell rows, bicep curls, of course, there's an isolator, you're isolating the bicep. Um, but think about different things that you can use just one side, of your uh, one side of your body to do. The reason that I like to do a lot of shoulder single press movements and a lot of seat, you know, kind of uh, shoulder press movements with dumbbell is it's not just activating and getting me a better relationship with my shoulder and my movement, it's also benefiting my core. So I have to use those stabilizer muscles so when I'm pressing that I'm not gonna go flying off the bench. So adding those to your routine and getting a good mind-muscle connection with all of your muscles and slowing things down and focusing on it can really help stimulate those and grow. Uh, a prime example of this was my brother. My brother has got a bit of a pigeon chest, okay? He's very much you know, all shoulders and arms and like that. And that's, this is exactly what I was like when I was a kid. Um, I, was all, I had these ginormous shoulders and, and big arms, but my chest wasn't growing. And if we're looking at the way like this, I'd say an extreme example, a lot of the time is because my pressing movements were with my shoulders and my arms. It wasn't until I learned how to put my shoulders back in the pockets, I learned how to scapula retract, that I learned how to press with my chest instead of with my shoulders and arms, that my chest started to grow. But a lot of it came to taking the ego out of the lifts, easing off and just focusing on re-establishing that connection with that chest so I could see it um, grow. So I learn different 
techniques to isolate the muscles. Cable work can be fantastic when it comes to isolating things like your triceps, your shoulders, um, with your chest. Um, although, you know, and one-legged movements such as Bulgarian split squats, lunges, uh, reverse lunges, all additional things to get good at to add to your muscle building arsenal. So learn to isolate my muscle connection, um, so, so key. And number six, explore variations in movements. Now over the years, okay, the compounds work phenomenally well, but some people struggle with the compounds because they struggle to get a real good connection with the muscle. And sometimes I've found, especially when it comes to things like arms and shoulders, certain handles and certain movements with the cables, I've noticed massive, massive doms in my arms like triceps, taking the triceps through different, like using a combination of ropes, D-rings, and then moving them across the body, over the body, um, and the same with the biceps, same with the shoulders, trying different movements, different tension points. I've seen massive, massive progression in not only my strength, but you know so, some of the doms that I'm getting because my body's trying a new movement and I get a better connection with certain things. Um, something that I noticed very much when it came to my triceps, when it came to close grip bench press, something that I found, which I don't recommend everybody does, but you might have seen those fat grips before, okay? So you can get these ginormous ones, these red ones, and it's literally like holding onto an axle. And I found that I had some of the best activation in my triceps when I added those to the bar and I was doing close grip bench press. And a lot of the time it's because I had such a wide grip which I had to press, which kind of took a lot of my chest out and focused a lot on my triceps. So it's trying different variations, trying different movements, obviously focusing on, on concentrating on your compounds and your multi-joint movements, but adding some of those favorite isolation movements in there too. You know, when it comes to bicep training, two of the best ones that you can do, of course, barbell, dumbbell, uh, barbell curls, chin-ups. But the secondary ones to that are definitely cable variations of single bicep movements, uh, cable curls, lying down curls, same with triceps, same with shoulders too. So experiment a little bit, try different uh, planes of movement because you'll be hitting and targeting, especially the triceps, you know, try, okay? You've got three different heads there. So going through different planes of movement is really gonna affect certain areas of those triceps and if you want big arms focus on those triceps to be built so number six explore variations in movement there's about a hundred different things that you can do to improve weak body parts but i just thought i'll uh, go through that so you have a better understanding of the six things that i would really really focus on number one remember what i said a tightly strong bow is easily snapped so prioritize stretching and mobility not just the muscles that you're using Overall, morning stretching, morning mobility routines. I've got a couple of these mobility routines in, in this group. Um, go and check them out. Number two, taking muscles through the full range of movement. Understanding the origins and insertions. Remember that app that I said, muscle and movement. Check that out. Have a look at uh, and you'll be surprised at different things that you probably didn't know about the muscles which you're trying to work. If you understand it better, of course, you can move it better. And if you can move it better, you hopefully um, will have it grow better. Number three, Focus on your muscle groups which are weakest when you're at your strongest, such as the beginning of your workout. Uh, number four, understand hypertrophy. Two of the ones which I want you to focus on, mechanical tension, okay, eccentric, concentric, isometric, understanding um, different loads and progressive overload, increasing that volume over time. 
Number five, learn to isolate. Get a better mind-muscle connection with those weak body parts. So you get a bit better connection, you can isolate that muscle, and hopefully as you kind of build it up and try different things, you can start to see that progression. Uh, number six, explore variations in movement, specifically cable movement, shoulder movement, tricep, bicep. Try different exercises, try different cables. And if you find something that's really hitting it, stick to it and, and focus on putting that volume in. Phew. Ladies and gents, hopefully that all made sense. I'm just going to look through um, some of your questions now and get some of those answered. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Where are we at? Uh, all press messages that I can't do. Yep. Good shout. Yep. So Damien, as I said, six feet squats. If, you, if you're out with your shoulder, then guess what? You can grow your legs. Um, so many people, and this is one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of people um, get when they get an injury. They get a shoulder injury or they get a leg injury and then they stop going to the gym completely. Worst thing you can do, okay? Because that's gonna affect your motivation, it's gonna affect your mental health, it's gonna affect your progression, it's gonna, you wanna kick off the year with that. So if you have an injury, focus on the things that you can do and focus on getting better at those. Seriously, if, if your shoulder's out of the game, guess what, your legs are gonna get massive. Focus on building up your legs, focus on getting strong in the legs and still get to that gym and progress. Uh, Andrew, how to best determine what a weak body part is or does it depend on what you're training for? Andrew, not necessarily. I mean, most people know what their weak body part is. I mean, you're going to find out if you're tracking all your weights, you'll, you'll tend to notice most of the time through compound movements. So if you're looking at your deadlifts, if you're looking at your squats, if you're looking at your bench press, you'll find that potentially, and this is not, not always the case, you know, I, I wouldn't say oh, I have a weak body parts I've spent many times training them but and, and of course you have some stronger muscles than others but you might have one that you really really struggle to grow you might not be happy the way it looks in the mirror um, or you know you want to focus on making that better or you want to focus on making it bigger so it's not necessarily a weak part it might also be you know you could change that of how to make a stronger body part you don't necessarily need to look at it as a weaker one um, so hopefully that makes sense uh, Martin, is DOMS a sign of muscle weakness? Not at all. Um, I find that after leg sessions, in particular, DOMS are still quite bad after 48 hours, perfectly normal. That impacts my ability to do any of the other quality training over the following days. Um, so Martin, one thing I will say is that I always adopt the law of specificity, the said principle, specific adaptation to impose demands. If you're imposing more demands onto your legs, as in you're stretching them, you're strengthening them, beyond what you're doing with the training as well, understand that stretching mobility will help strengthen them too. Um, making sure that you are warming up properly, making sure that you're cooling down properly, and just being patient with it. It will subside, make sure that your nutrition is on point as well, um, and just be patient. But also strategically plan it. It's not gonna be like that forever, um, if you're into a new training routine and you're pushing it hard, you may feel it for the first few weeks, but I'm hoping that you're not going to feel that all the time. You know, when I'm back into a, a you know, consistent training routine, I don't tend to get too much DOMS. Um, but it isn't a sign of muscle weakness, no. Uh, Rob, uh, going to go with lighter weight, so your weak side gets required amount of lifts. The stronger side will be fine. Um, I believe that was the question before. Cool. Cool. Any other questions before I shoot off, ladies and gents? I say quite a good whiteboard session. A lot of you will have weak body parts or just have body parts which you want to get stronger. 
okay? Um, and one thing I will add to that is VIF, okay? And uh, I will just wipe this off so you understand what I mean by VIF. Because this, this can be an important thing when it comes to strategy. When we're talking about progressive overload, we're talking about, okay, how much more volume, sets times reps times weight, can we get into the muscle? And if we're short on time or, you know, we haven't got hours and hours to be in the gym, we need to look at these three things. V, an I, and an F, okay? So V stands for volume, I stands for intensity, and F stands for frequency, okay? So volume, volume is your sets times your reps times your weight, which will equal your total volume. Your intensity is not how hard you train, it's the rep ranges that you tend to use and the intensity that you use with your muscles. And what we're probably doing when we're looking at hypertrophy, we're, we could be looking at anywhere between six to 12 reps, okay? So sets on reps on weight, the rep range is potentially gonna be between that six to 12. Rep range, we're gonna go, you know, Three, three to four sets and weight, obviously, depending on your strength levels, but you're going to see that progression in there. And frequency. Best way to free, frequency is how, how many days, okay? So you don't need to, if I'm saying, right, I want to see 2,000 kilograms of volume going into your muscles in your legs through squats, doesn't mean that you've got to do, I know, uh, 20 sets of 100 kilograms or 20 reps of 100 kilograms, you could split those 10 on a Monday and 10 on a Tuesday. And what we're doing is we're increasing our frequency because we're increasing how many days that we train. So when we're looking at volume as well, we don't need to look at how much more we need to do in a session, we need to look at it in a bigger plan. Very much like when we say with calories, we're not looking at things on a daily basis, we're looking at things on a weekly basis and a monthly basis. So don't just set volume targets for a week, set volume targets for a month. How much more volume have you put into your uh, squats this month versus last month? And you're gonna have all of that on Trainer Eric. You'll be able to look, about, look at all your frequency and your volume through the app. So when it comes to be, having a strategy for it, play a longer game, which is so important to do. But understand those three things, volume, sets times reps times weight, intensity, rep range, which we're looking to do, most of us, you know, six to 12 reps um, for what it is that we're looking to do. And of course, frequency. How many days a week are you going to train that muscle group? If it's a weak body part or something that you want to work more on, chances are that you're going to have to add more frequency to it. So, ladies and gents, hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you got some benefit from it. Um, and hopefully you're going to start implementing these things into your workouts to get better. And I think I want to go back to the first one, and it's so, so important. Stretch mobilize, stretch, mobilize, okay? We have a, a stretching and mobility routine on the start of every single session, prioritize it, okay? Make sure that you are nice and loose and nice and ready to go before you start your training. And look at that as part of your training, not something that you've gotta do so you can crack on with your workout.